Divorce is hard, it's painful, and many times a truly isolating event. Growing up in the church, I didn't hear much concerning this topic, so imagine the shame, the fear, and anxiety now having to navigate this space in my life. But here is my now resolve. I am not my divorce. And nothing in my past has the power to stop God from loving me, nor does it diminish my worth. And I hope you come to realize the same. Join me along with some special guests as we walk with transparency through our healing process. Good evening, Mom Wood. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So I am super uh, excited to have my guests. Uh, I have been blessed and fortunate um, in my life to have many women who have embraced me as daughter and who have really shared such great words of wisdom with me in my life. Uh, going through a divorce is definitely not an easy uh, situation to go through, the transition, the everything that goes along with that. So I have been, like I said, blessed to have, have women in my life who I deem as mother figures, who've, like I said, embraced me as a daughter and really have been so instrumental in supporting me uh, in this journey and who have encouraged and given great words of wisdom. And so I wanted to close out this year with having mom Wood come on and talk a little bit about her divorce story. And not only that, to really share some words of wisdom on navigating the healing process and navigating the journey for those of you all who uh, are in, you know, the, the divorce process. Maybe you're in the separation process. Maybe you're like in the divorce process and it's not finalized yet, or you could be, uh, where your divorce has already been finalized. I know that she's going to impart into us some great words of wisdom. And honestly, you know, the things that she has shared with me have not just been instrumental and in, in, uh, thought-provoking and life-changing as it relates to my divorce, but also as it relates to friendship and life in general. So I want to have you, Mom, with as much as you feel comfortable, talk a little bit about, you know, your story of, of divorce. Sure. So um, I guess I'll start with... Um, um, in the first marriage, because I, I, I did remarry. So um, the um, in the first marriage, um, I was married eight years. I was married eight years. And um, I found myself in a situation where, you know, I, I was married to this man. Well, childhood sweetheart. And um, what happened is that he he cheated. I mean, it was, it was, ha it was a habit. It was something that he just did. And, um, so anyway, I end up, uh, pregnant and now I'm pregnant and I have to make some decisions, you know, um, am I going to stay in this relationship or, 
you know, and and raise this child in that kind of environment or am I going to move on and just do what I need to do to raise my baby? So um, we had a conversation and he this was the wake up for me. The wake up for me was when he said my mother cheated, my father cheated and I'm going to cheat. And that just spoke volumes to me because I'm like, okay, so he's telling me who he is. He's telling me what he's going to do. So now what am I going to do about that? Am I going to stay in the situation or am I going to move on? And so I've got this baby now I got to think about, not just think about me, think about him. And I had some friends that had uh, been in marriages and relationships where um, the children were old enough to understand that there was a father in the house and they had to deal with the separation. And, and divorce impacts children just as much as it impacts the parents. A lot of times the parents are more caught up in their emotions, so they don't really think about how it's impacting the children until after everything is over. So what I did was I realized that my daughter was an infant. She was eight weeks old. And so I'm thinking, you know, the best thing I need to do, I already know where he's coming from. The best thing I can do for me and for her is to get out of this relationship now. Then that way she doesn't have to deal with the emotion of, you know, breaking up, um, dealing with the divorce and all of that. By the time she was old enough to know any of that, I was already separated and divorced. So that was one of the things, one of the decisions that I had to make. I made my decision earlier and I didn't just think about myself. I thought about, you know, how how is my situation going to impact my child? So here I am now and I am divorced and I have a baby and and it's not just any baby. My baby has a heart condition. So now I don't just have, I'm not just raising any kind of baby. She's premature and she's got a heart condition and I'm a single parent. So um, my decision was to relocate because I was born and raised in New York. So my decision was to pack up and leave New York and move to Virginia where my family was so I would be close to family. And the reason I did that is because I was severing relationships, okay? It wasn't healthy for me to be around him. He wasn't doing child support. I I elected to not take him to court. There are a lot of women that do. They They take them to court. But I felt like um, we didn't ask anybody's permission to make a baby. I didn't need to ask anybody's permission to tell him that he needed to take care of his baby. So I packed my daughter up and we relocated to Virginia so I could have the support of my family while I raised my daughter and start a whole new life for us. And I believe that was the best decision uh, for me, because like I said, um, the relationship that I had with him, the relationship that I had with his family, his parents, 
was toxic. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't healthy for them. They were encouraging the infidelity. And, you know, that was a normal way of life for them because they were doing it. So they were okay with him doing it. And so I, I didn't want that. I did not want that. So one of the things that, you know, if I would share with anybody is you really need to assess um, your situation. So if you're thinking about divorce, before you make a move to divorce, make sure you exhaust everything in your marriage. Make sure that you have done everything that you could to make it work is basically what I'm saying. Because the reality of it is um, I was not saved when I got married. Um, my husband wasn't saved. So I didn't understand all of the stuff about, you know, God is not you know, fond of divorce. He doesn't encourage divorce. He didn't create divorce. I didn't understand any of that. So I just went and got married. That's what I did. You know, young, you know, we, we're emotional when we're young. Our hormones are all over the place. We're doing all kinds of stuff. So I did not understand what I was getting into. So I would say that do everything you can. In that eight years, we had split up twice. Um, we had had conversations about the marriage. I shared how I felt about it. Um, he swore that things would change. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Um, he even he even had a child outside of our marriage with somebody else. So, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on there. So by the time I made up my mind to leave, I had exhausted. I had exhausted everything that... Um, I could do to make my marriage work. So if nothing else, make sure because what you don't want to do, and this is some advice that um, an older gentleman, a friend of my mother's had told me is that when you break up in a relationship, make sure you're done. Do not go back because if you go back, you're going to be treated worse than you were from before. So, and that's exactly what happened to me. I, I took him back twice. So by this time, it's like, I can't fix it any further. I've done all I could do. And I need to cut this off now because I got to take care of this baby. And I don't need to bring her up in an environment. I didn't want her to grow up in an environment where she had parents bickering and, you know, the usual typical stuff that causes friction in a household. I didn't want that. So um, Make sure that you do that. The other thing is that, um, like I said, I had a sick child. Now, I'm not familiar with what's going on with with my child either. You know, the doctor tells me, you know, she's got this hole in her heart and, you know, she's going to need multiple surgeries and all of these things going on. And I'm like, oh, yeah, OK. But really, I'm not understanding, you know, what he's saying. The only thing that I knew how to do was to pray. I knew how to do that. And so that's what I did. I just prayed and I just trusted God to give me the direction that I needed um, to be able to move forward. So everything that I did, it always started with I would pray and I would ask God to show me what to do. Um, it's a frightening thing. Even if you have confidence in yourself to take care of yourself, it's frightening to um, divorce and then divorce and you have children. 
that's frightening because now you got to figure out how am I going to take care of this child? Am I going to be able to take care of this child? And sometimes you're, you're in a position where your job doesn't really pay a whole lot. So like I said, I've got a sick child, so I've got some extra things to be concerned about, like doctor appointments, special um, specialists and things like that going on. So, but you know, prayer works because somehow I got everything that I needed. The Lord sent the right doctors and, you know, I had neighbors that would watch me coming back and forward with her. In fact, it was a lady that lived right across the hall from me, saw me leaving every day with Courtney going to work. And she stopped me one day and she said, hey, she said, you know, the weather's getting really bad. And she did not know that Courtney was a heart patient. She said, um, the weather's getting really bad and I see you going to work. You know, sometimes, you know, if she's sick and can't go to school or the weather's really bad, you can leave her with me. You know, so you will get help you will get help if people see you really doing what you need to do. So out of all of my in-laws, there was only one person, um, one relationship that I maintained, and that was a, one of his sisters, which was my sister-in-law. Um, we had become friends um, even through my teen years, she and I had become friends and she wasn't raised by the, with them. She was raised by her godmother. So her, her mindset and the way that she was was different. And my relationship with her was different than it was with his other siblings and his parents. So that was the only relationship that I kept. All the rest of them, the friends that we shared together, the um, um, his, his cousins, aunts, all of those people, I severed relationships with and moved on. She was the only person that I stayed in touch with and I allowed to see um, Courtney. She was the only one. And to this day, we are still friends. We are still friends. And she's one of Courtney's godmothers. So um, that was the only one. So you have to look at that too. You have to look at the relationships that you have, like you said earlier, not just with your in-laws, but with friends, you know, are what friends are healthy and what friends are unhealthy because you're going through so much and there's so much going on in your mind that you need people that are going to encourage you, that are going to give you good sound advice and direction. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's fearful. It's very frightening. But if you just stay the course, you trust the Lord and you pray you get the help that you need, even when you don't realize it, you get all the help that you need. I can't begin to tell you everything that, you know, came my way when I severed that relationship and I moved on. People gave me advice, just like, you know, you and I talked and I gave you, but people did that for me. People showed me what to do, taught me how to cook, how to do a lot of things. I learned a lot of things um afterwards but it's frightening it's very frightening you by yourself and if you've never lived on your own and you know now you're on your own and you got a mouth to feed it's frightening 
it is very frightening. So you need the support of your family. You need support of friends, but friends that mean you well, not friends that are going to criticize you, that are not going to encourage you and uplift you and give you the direction that you need to get through the process because it is a process. Um, recently, yeah. someone said to me, divorce is like um, mourning a dead friend. And in a way, it is. It, it is. It's, it's a mourning process because there's loss there. You know, even if you're not getting along with the person, even if you don't think you love the person anymore, it's still a loss because that marriage has been broken. Mm-hmm. How, how would you say, I mean, you know, a lot of what you have shared with me, you know, privately, you know, a lot of our story parallels as far mm-hmm. as, you know, you have a daughter um, that had a heart condition. I have a daughter that has a heart, you know, had a heart mm-hmm. condition and, you know, has had significant health challenges. And so right. can you talk a, a little bit about like navigating that space between, you know, I have to make this really hard decision, um, but I also have this child to, to, to think about because, you know, we always hear, you know, divorce can uh, negatively affect children. And we, we do uh-huh. see that from time to time. The statistics do show that. But I think uh-huh. there's something to be said, which people do not understand, that staying in toxic relationships do more harm than, good. than just saying, okay, I'm going to just stay in this relationship for the sake of staying in this relationship because I don't want to mm-hmm. end this relationship. How did you have the strength to walk away? How did you navigate that space between, okay, like you said, he's telling me who he is. He's telling me he's not going to change. He's telling mm-hmm. me that he's going to cheat. And okay, now I'm pregnant, what what do I do? Like, how do I make the decision? Because there are some, you know, I've known of women who have stayed in marriages 30, 40, 50 years where there was infidelity, where, where there was abuse, and they felt, they felt like, oh, well, God shielded me, God protected me. Oh, I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to uh, break up the marriage because of whatever the spouse is doing. So how did you, I guess get the strength to make that decision how did what, what did you have any sort of wrestling with that because you you know you did have your daughter so um i guess for me i had already had two separations with him already and so by the time i made that final decision i was done you know so i didn't have to really draw from a whole lot um when I found out that I was pregnant, I gave him an ultimatum and I said, look, because the day that I found out I was pregnant, I was planning to go home and tell him it was over. I needed him to leave. And I find out that I'm pregnant. And so my girlfriends are like, OK, you got to give him another chance. Maybe this will make a difference. So this is what I mean by, you know, listening to the friends. OK, so. <laughs> so they're like, you got to give them another chance, you know, because, you know, maybe this will make a difference. And in my mind, I'm saying to myself, I, I don't think so, because I'm still remembering my mother did it. My father did it. I'm going to do it. That's what's in my head. So I said, well, hey, 
you know, I've, I've hung in there this long, you know, what's, what's a couple months, you know? So I give him an ultimatum and I say, Hey, this is, this is what's going on. You know, I'm going to have this baby and I'm going to give you eight weeks until after the baby is born to get your life right. And if nothing changes, then I got to go. I got to go. And so I had kind of already had things set up because I know what he had done to me before. So my apartment was set up in my name and I made sure that I was able to pay any bills that needed to be paid on my own. So everything that I had set up was set up already in place so that if in the event that um, it didn't work out, I could just tell him he had to leave because it was my apartment. And so um, that's basically what happened. So I was kind of halfway there already by that time. But like I said, if you're starting out and it's your first breakup, that's why I say do not just jump up and say, oh, I'm going to get a divorce. Don't do that. And don't do that because you may end up finding out it's something that you could work out. You know, sometimes we think that, you know, things are so bad that we can't work it out. And like I said, he had a child out of, outside of our marriage. But, you know, we didn't split up right then. We didn't split up right then. So there were some things. There was a series of things that happened that got me to a point where I was tired and I had had enough. So I don't know that I don't know that I would call it that I had the strength. I just had gotten to a point where I was tired and I had had enough. And then having the baby, I had to not just think of myself. I had to think of the baby. How is this going to impact this child? Because nothing's changing. It's getting worse and it's only going to get worse. So do I continue to sit here hoping it's going to get better? And now this child has gotten attached to him and has to deal with the separation just as much as I do. Only I'm probably going to be fed up. The baby don't know what's going on. So it was more of a being logical and thinking rationally realizing that I'm in a toxic relationship. It's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for the baby. I just need to, you know, sever it off and walk away. So sometimes things aren't about being strong enough. It's about being um, wise enough to say, hey, this is not good. And I need to walk away. It's painful, but I need to walk away. You know, people stay in relationships. They know the relationships are toxic and they wind up getting sick or they wind up getting killed or hurt or, you know, so many things. I have seen people over the years in relationships, abusive relationships where they they knew they needed to get out of it. People have told them they need to get out of it. And they wound up sick. Some of them wound up so sick that they got critically ill and they passed away. And some of them, they just miserable. They just, there's no other way for it. They're just miserable. So sometimes, you know, we don't want to deal with the separation piece, but 
And we think that that's going to be worse. But, it, you know, it hurts for a little while. It does. I would never tell anybody it doesn't hurt. It hurts for a little while. But you have to be able to sometimes just say this is not working, you know, and it's got to be a better way to do it. And the strength comes from other people. That's why you have to surround yourself um, with other people, because that's where your strength comes from. Your strength comes from, you know, the mother that 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 will say, hey, you can come stay here if you have to. And um, you need to get out of that situation. Or in my case, the neighbor that said, hey, you know, I see you trying to get um, to work every day and let the baby stay with me. Don't drag her out there in the snow. Don't drag her out there in the rain. I'll keep her and charge me nothing, you know, and things like that. You know, so um, Courtney, when she first had her first heart surgery, I was telling somebody recently that the first heart surgery she had. When I went to the hospital, I would go to the hospital at lunchtime to check on her. But it was hard to leave because she would get to crying and they couldn't calm her down. People on my job said, hey, I'll go over there at lunch. Don't you go at lunch. I'll go over there at lunch. And so there was a couple of ladies at work that took their lunch hour. They rotated out and took their lunch hour to go to the hospital to check on her at lunchtime. And then I would go after work. So that way I could stay till she fell asleep. So, you know, that's where your strength really comes from is from other people. You don't really have the strength. You just have to make a decision to say, this is not good for me. I need to, I need to get out of this situation and the help will come because people won't watch you struggle by yourself. They, they won't, they will help you. I, I think, hope that answered your question. I hope yes, that answered. Yes, it. yes. <laughs> I think I think one of the most important things that I have learned in this process um, is the importance of community, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. not just community, but the importance of having the right people speaking to you, having the right mm -hmm. people around you, having the right people around my, my girls, like that has been such, um, a learning and such an eye opening because, you know, there are times that you do think that certain people are in your corner mm -hmm. and then a situation like divorce oftentimes will show mm -hmm who really is for you and who really is not for you. Right, um, right. And so that definitely has been a very eye-opening situation for me. It's definitely been mm -hmm. a learning curve and the importance of having positive, like you said, positive, healthy mm -hmm. uh, relationships and healthy people around you that can be supportive of you while you're going through this difficult process. Because like you said, divorce, whether you know it's the right decision, whether it's a struggle, whether it's a not a struggle, uh, it is difficult because like mm -hmm. you said, mm -hmm. it is, and we've said it before, it is a loss of a person that is still alive. And mm -hmm. more times than not, unfortunately, you don't just divorce the person, you also are divorcing whatever connections that mm -hmm. you had as a result 
right. of that uh that marriage and sometimes right. it's a good thing that that you're separated and sometimes mm -hmm. it can be really hurtful especially right. if you've been around people for a long period of time if you develop what you thought in your mind was close relationships and community then all of a sudden because you have to make a decision which divorces between a husband and a wife it doesn't have anything mm -hmm. to do with anybody else but right. we know how people can be they have their thoughts about it they have their opinions people like to take sides well i'm on i'm on his side i'm on her side and especially if you have children involved Honestly, the children are the ones who are hurt the most because mm -hmm. they don't understand, you know, okay, well, we were cool. Now we're not cool. You were cool with my mm -hmm. mom. Now you're not. You were cool with, you know, this person. Now we're not. So it, it's not just the individual that's going through it. Like you said, the children can also be affected. And I think, you know, people don't realize children aren't just affected just because the mom and the dad are not together anymore. They also can be affected by the negativity that is right. surrounding the, right. the, uh, the relationship or even the relationship being dissolved. Um, so how do you, I guess where I want to go is like, how do you know when it's time to close the door to the past, you know, we often hear sometimes about, you know, cutting off relationships. And this this is not what this is about as far as like, oh, we just cutting off relationships. But I do think that there comes a point in time in certain relationships where you have to say, okay, this relationship has run its course or this person was only supposed to be in my life for this season or you know being in this relationship and now i'm not talking about the the divorce husband and wife i'm talking about mm -hmm. everybody that is around right um it's time now for whatever reason that this relationship ends how do you know when it's time to get to this to that place i know me and you talked a couple of months ago and mm -hmm. it was definitely and a revelation to me because I was in the space at that particular time in my life mm -hmm. where I was trying to hold on to certain relationships. You know, I was trying to do everything I can to keep friendships going, to keep connections going, to, you know, foster some sort of community. And like, you know, I was in my mind, there was a line like, Okay, there, here's the divorce, but this over here, these relationships shouldn't have anything to do with that. And maybe mm -hmm. that was me being naive, um, mm -hmm. but it became a battle where I just felt like I'm the one doing all the work to mm -hmm. keep this relationship going. And the other party could really care less, you know, they could take me or leave me. So, <laughs> I, I mean, to, to be honest, so yeah. the, even for, even for individuals who maybe divorce is not their story, but they're mm -hmm. at a point in time, maybe in friendships in their life. Like, how do you know when it's time to close this door to my past? It's time to kind of move on from this relationship, move on from this friendship. 
So um, before I answer that, I just want to say this too, because this, this part is important as well, that when a divorce takes place, sometimes the person is friends with both the husband and the wife or, you know, whoever's involved in the couple with the couple. And so um, they can feel torn too, just like the children feel torn because they like both people and they feel torn because they don't, they don't want one to be upset because they feel a certain way about the other. So we have to keep that in mind too, that there are some friends that will be feel torn. So they too are impacted by the divorce. So I just wanted to kind of add that to that part. Um, how you know when it's time to sever the relationship, I would say is when it's no longer conducive to your relationship. And you find yourself, like you said, you were doing a lot of things to try to make things work. When you got to work so hard to keep a relationship you know, a relationship is a mutual thing. It should come from both parties. So if both parties are working together, it shouldn't be strenuous. It just shouldn't. It should be something that happens naturally. And both parties are putting something into the relationship. A friendship is just like a marriage in a way, because it takes two people to have a relationship, whether it's a friendship, whether it's between a parent and a child, whether it's a husband and a wife, whatever it is, everybody has to put something in. So if only one person is working, it's not a relationship. It's not a relationship. So I would say when it becomes to the gets to the point that it's no longer conducive, the you know, the relationship is no longer conducive to you, you to you too. To, to you or to that other person and it becomes strenuous, it, it, it's not worth having because all, we should all be bringing something to each other. It's like I said, you, you attach yourself to people that are going to encourage, uplift, and impart wisdom into you. And if those things aren't happening, if you're not growing, then what are they bringing? What are they bringing? You know, so that's what I would say. I would say when it becomes strenuous and it's no longer conducive to your relationship, then that's the time to start looking at it and say, you know, well, why am I why am I in this relationship? What is what is it about this person that makes me feel I need to have them in my life? What? Well, I mean, when you ask that question, that requires definitely some soul searching mm -hmm. on your part like are you in the relationship because it's a relationship of convenience you know mm -hmm. are you in the relationship because it was a connection if we're going back to the divorce you know it, it was a connection to you know the person that you used to be married to you know or like you said do i see value in continually having a connection with this individual. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that we all should be uh, thinking about as we evaluate our relationships and as we evaluate mm -hmm. our friendships, because we all should be growing, right? Anything that's right. not growing is dying. Right. And so me being in a relationship, a close relationship 
with this person or with this individual, it should be adding some sort of value to my life. Right. In in a positive type way. You know, if I'm feeling drained all the time, if I'm mm-hmm. like you said, if I feel like I'm the one putting forth the, the work and this person is not, then it becomes one-sided. You know, my mm-hmm. oldest daughter, she's at the age now, she's in high school, and you know, that whole going through relationships and friendships. Mm-hmm. And I often tell her that relationships are reciprocal. Right. So if you're the one that's always giving all the time, that's not a relationship. Right. If you're the one that's always calling, if you're the one that's always reaching out, then you got, you're not in a relationship. That's not a friendship. You know, that's some sort of one-sided, I don't know what that is, but that's not a relationship. And so you have to understand. And like you said, be able to have people around you, especially you know, we were going hopping back into the divorce uh, 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 situation that are able to not only speak to you where you are currently, but to where you had the potential to go. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that was very important for me that I surrounded myself with people who were able to speak to my future. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. did not let me stay in a place of depression or in a place of anger and a place of bitterness, but were able to say, listen, you're going through this time in your life, but this time in your life does not define you. Mm -hmm, It does not define who you are. You have purpose. You have something greater that, that God has for you, you know you will have love again, you know, so speaking uh, words of hope, speaking words of encouragement, like you said, Mm -hmm. even if you don't have them within yourself, did you come to a space in time where you were like, okay, these are the boundaries I need to set in place, you know, in, in your relationships, not just for you, but like you said, okay, I have a daughter now, I can't allow her to be exposed to toxic behavior. How did you kind of decide, okay, these are the boundaries that I, that I want to put in place for, not just for her, but for me too. I just created a completely different environment for myself. So what I did was um, I had, I had friends that were divorced or they were, you know, single parents and um, what we would do is we we would come together because we all had children. And so, you know, on weekends, we would we weren't we didn't like to hang out and stuff like that. So what we did was on weekends, we would most of the time they like to come to my house because I cook. Nobody else cook. So <laughs> most of the time they wouldn't come to my house, but which was fine. But. What we would do is on the weekend, we would get together like on the Saturday and we would buy snacks. And back then, you know, they had video um, videos and stuff like that. So we get videos for the kids and snacks for the kids. And we like to play cards and we like pina coladas. So we get some, you know, make get stuff to make pina coladas. And they would come to my house. Sometimes I would go to theirs. But like I said, most of the time they wanted to come to my house so they could get me to cook. And we would we would hang out with our kids. And that was our support system because we all were in the same place. And 
you know, we could help each other out. So none of the kids were hungry. None of the kids were in need of anything because when somebody lacked, the other one picked, stepped up and, and helped them out. So I just recreated a different environment. I knew friends, you know, um, I had, I had a job, so I, I didn't have to change jobs. Sometimes my husband would show up at the job and be sitting outside waiting for me. But, you know, I had gotten to a point where I didn't even let that bother me. And I just I just recreated an environment for myself and for my daughter that was going to be healthy for her. So I didn't worry about I didn't worry about people that, you know, if if you weren't you know, on the same path that I was on, I didn't attach myself, you know, I, and I chose to be around, um, my girlfriends were within my age group, but when I wanted advice, I went to older people. So I had older people that were friends of mine. I always had people that were anywhere from, eight to 10 years or more older than me that could give me advice because the people my age can't give me advice because they're going through the same thing I'm going through. So they can't give me advice. I need to go to the people that have already been through something. So I always got advice from, from older people. So um, that's how I survived. I would just, you know, I would say, Hey, you know, what do you think about this, 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 and this? And they would tell me, they would tell me how to, you know, manage, show me how to manage my money and, you know, how to make meals that would last, you know, a few days. So I didn't have to worry about being without food, you know, and sometimes one time um, when I first started working, I wasn't making that much money. Uh, my daughter's doctor said, Hey, um, I'm going to write you a letter. You go to social services and get you some food stamps. And he wrote a, the doctor wrote me a letter. And that's what I mean about people that will automatically just come and help you. But you got to change your environment. You got to change your mindset. See, I didn't worry about what my ex-husband was doing. I didn't worry about any of that. I knew that I wanted something different and I wanted it to be better. And so I only pursued different and better. If it wasn't healthy, I didn't even address it. I just pushed it to the side and kept moving. So I didn't want negative people around me. If I was around somebody and they weren't trying to do anything with their life, I didn't hang out with them. You know, I treat them nice. I speak to them and be respectful, but they couldn't be a friend. They couldn't be the friend because I wanted people that were going to challenge me. So they needed to be about something. They needed to be doing what I was doing or more than, a, than I was doing, mm. but not less. I didn't want to be around people that were doing less. And that was just my mindset. And so, you know, sometimes we, we rob ourselves by thinking uh, we're less than who we are. God created us to be better. Not, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't design divorce. He man designed divorce. And so we don't, we should not submit to the aftermath of that. We should not stop living because we got a divorce. And, you know, I understand even like, you know, with the churches and I'm not putting down any particular church. So I don't want nobody call a kid talking about, <laughs> she talk about my church. I ain't talk about any particular church, but I'm just saying from my own experience, that that was one of the things that people 
shunned me for because I had been divorced. You know, I couldn't even get my baby christened in church because they told me I didn't have, I actually didn't have a father, you know? So, you know, stuff like that, you know, we got to get past all of this mess. Stuff happens, stuff happens, but because it happens, it doesn't mean that we have to stop living. It doesn't mean that, you know? And so, if whoever is listening today, if they are going through anything, that's the first thing I would say is don't stop living, you know, and don't worry about what people say. What do you want for yourself? You need to sit down and think about that. You know, sometimes that's the other thing I wanted to remember to say tonight, too, is when you get a divorce, the worst thing you can do is jump right into another relationship. That's the worst thing you can do. And I know some people probably think that sounds crazy, but a lot of times we don't even know who we are, what we want, you know? And when we get, we get to the place where we know who we are and what we want, when it's time to get married again, we're going to pick the right person. We'll pick the right person because we'll know who we are. But a lot of times, you know, we just flying by the seat of our pants. We just doing stuff. And we're working on emotion instead of rationale. And so we end up picking up the wrong thing. So divorce is not the end. It's the beginning. You know, you're just starting a new life. I love that because you practically summed up, I am not my divorce. <laughs> it's saying because you, you are correct. In a lot of circles, there there is a lot of shame and we've talked mm -hmm. about that on previous you know mm -hmm. talks that we've done on previous episodes on how you have to move past that stigma right you have to move mm -hmm. past that shame you cannot allow people to define you by past mistakes um something my father said to me is that you know nikia people make mistakes you know in life right. there are a lot of people that make a lot of mistakes the only difference is some mistakes are public and some people mm -hmm. have are able to hide theirs behind closed doors that's really the only right. difference but none of none of us walking this earth are not flawed individuals and we all have things in our life uh as the old people used to say uh, uh we all have chapters in our lives that we would not right. like to be read out loud and so right. one thing is not worse than the other thing and so in doing this hopefully people will feel encouraged to know like you said that even if you have to make that hard decision you know even if you know the marriage that you thought was going to be forever has dissolved for whatever reason because everybody's situation is different in God, you can always begin again. That that's the Absolutely. thing that I love about I love about God. Man may mm -hmm. put the thumbs down on you. Man may mm -hmm. say, "Up, oh, that's it. That's the end of you." But because we have Christ, we know that we always have the opportunity for for a new beginning. Right. So, uh, you you brought up such a great point, and I just uh, wholeheartedly concur with the fact that you know, after you've gone through a divorce, it is, or even anything difficult that you have gone mm -hmm. through, it is so important to change your environment. Like mm -hmm. you can't keep doing the same thing. You can't keep hanging mm -hmm. around the same people. You can't keep, you know, sometimes you can't even have the same close friendships with certain people right. if they were connection to that old life. Because like you said, 
if I'm believing God and I'm saying, you know what? I want to make better decisions. I want greater for my life. I want better for my life. I want bigger for my life. Then you are the one that's going to have to make the change that mm -hmm. needs to happen for you to see those things being manifested in your life. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot think that you're going to have a positive environment if all you're doing is speaking negative. You cannot think mm -hmm. that you're going to have a positive environment uh, if you surround yourself with negativity or things that remind you of your past. So I love that you said right. that because even the more when you have children, and I understand mm -hmm. that, you know, because I've done that myself, being very mm -hmm. selective about the people that I have in my life, being very selective about the people uh, that I have my daughters interact with, um, mm -hmm. being very selective about, you know, what I engage in, because if it's not taking me, like you said, on that path that God has for me to reach purpose and destiny, then I don't want to be a part of it. And I don't want it connected to me. And I don't want it to be connected to my, to my girls either, Correct. because what negatively affects them negatively affects me as well. And so I, I think what you spoke about, uh, the importance of environment and community is so, is so key. Um, as, as we wrap up, I know you said it in the beginning, but you know, you went through a divorce, you went through being a single mom and being a single mom of a, of a daughter who had health challenges. And I uh, can empathize with that. I understand that life um, very well because I have a daughter who yeah. has had significant health challenges. And uh -huh. uh, I was just telling somebody uh, this weekend that I'm at the point now in her journey, which is also my journey, that I'm just like, when, when something else happens, it's like, hey, it's just a part of the process. There's no need to cry right. about it or get sad about <laughs> it. It's just, it's just, yes, it's just like, okay, God, you already knew that this thing was going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to just give this all to you and, and we're going we gonna to make it happen and we're going to do what we need to do to, to get her mm -hmm. you know, on the other side of whatever this hurdle is. But um, you, you know, definitely are a testament to beginning again and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, having a successful marriage after a not successful marriage. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe you and your husband just celebrated 25 years. Is that 26. right? Yes. Yeah. 25. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 25. We're in 26. Yes. So you are definitely a testament of the fact that, that divorce is not the end. And, you know, when you are in Christ and you have made a conscious decision to change your life, to change your environment, mm -hmm. to change your thinking and to really submit to God, then you get on a path in which the right things are able to, to come into your life. So how would you, you know, say that you got to that place where you felt, listen, I see the value of myself. I know that that past relationship was not where I was supposed to be. And now you're open and you're ready to receive. And here we are in the 26th year of, of, of marriage now. Well, the first thing I'll say is I wasn't looking for a husband. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. I w- I wasn't um, when I when I got remarried, I had I had been divorced about almost twenty years, so it took me a long time to get married again. Um, I had gotten to a place where I was comfortable just being me, you know, and I think that that is important for every person male or female, because some men, you know, suffer the same things that, you know, we women suffer. It's not just men doing it, women are doing it too. Um, So I would say you have to get to a place where you trust God, but that you are okay with just being you. And what I mean by that is I wasn't looking for anybody to Uh, make me complete or make me whole or do any of that. I wasn't looking for that anymore. I didn't need it. Um, I had totally given myself over to the Lord and I was good with that. You know, people would, I had people approach me and say men mostly, but say, you, you need, you need to get a man. You need to get, you know, get married again or whatever. And I would tell them I was already married because I was married to Jesus. Everything that I needed, the Lord provided for me. And so I didn't I didn't have a need to be looking for anybody or any of that. I was content. Um, you know, Courtney got better um, or well, we know the Lord's hand was on her because the doctors predicted she would have multiple surgeries. And we know she's only had two. And so um, the Lord, I just I just gave everything over to him. And so I would just tell people, be content. You get to know who you are, get to know what you want. I had got to a point where, you know, I had some standards, you know, standards that I didn't even know I should have had the first time. But I had some standards. And um, you know, people laugh when I say this, but I had a list. I had a list of if I did get married again what I wanted. And then I narrowed it down to like, I don't, maybe like, maybe I had, let's say 10 things on the list. So 10 things on the list that I would like to see in a husband. Okay. And then I had maybe four things on there that I absolutely were not going to compromise on. They were the must haves. If I didn't get these, if I didn't see these four things, then goodbye. You know, I wasn't going to be bothered. And so I had those standards. And one of the main things that I wanted was that person needed to love the Lord. I wanted them to love the Lord and they had to be able to teach me about the Lord. And so, you know, people joke me. They said, girl, you was praying for a minister. I said, no, not really, but (laughs) it just worked out that way. But... (laughs) You know, but you got to know what you want and you can't know what you want until you know who you are. You know, that is that is so key to know who you are and love yourself. It's okay. It's okay to love yourself. So know who you are and love yourself. Trust God and, you know, don't don't lower your standards. You know, be realistic in your standards, but don't lower them. Right. Yeah. I love that. I mean, when you go through the process of healing, if you really are committed to the process of healing, 
and you really commit yourself to God, I have learned <laughs> that if you are really genuine and you ask God to show you you, he mm -hmm. will do that in a, not in a con uh, condemning way, but in a way of, you know what, these are areas in my life that I want to be better. These are mm -hmm. areas in my life that I need to submit to God more, that I need to put under, you know, the blood. And so I think you bring up a, a, a valid point about knowing yourself and mm -hmm. not basing your worth on another individual, like right. not basing your worth on, okay, if I'm married, then I must be worth something. You know, if I, if, if I'm in a relationship, but like mm -hmm. you said, getting to know yourself and getting to understand that you have value, not because you're married, but you have value because you are God's creation and you are here for purpose and with purpose. Right. And I think once you understand that, then mm -hmm. all of the other stuff becomes less important. It's like, right. you know, the Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God. And once you mm -hmm. seek first God's kingdom, then all of the other things get added to you. I think right. sometimes when we're out there and we're looking for all the added things, then mm -hmm. we're just all over the place. We're this way, mm -hmm. we're that way, we're here, we're there. Instead of, like you said, when you are whole and complete within yourself, then having a spouse is just an added bonus. Like you said, right. You be, uh, came to a point in your life where I'm not looking for someone to complete me. I'm mm -hmm. complete in myself and I'm complete because of my relationship that I have with Christ. And I think mm -hmm. that's uh, definitely an important uh, thing to know when you go through a divorce, you know, even if you've never been married and you are single and you've gone through a breakup, you know, it's important to take that time to uh, know yourself and to understand and really do the soul searching that needs to, to take place, really do right. the healing mm -hmm. that takes place. Mm -hmm. Because I, I say to people all the time, you are you wherever you go. Like, mm -hmm. so you can't get away from you. And right. if you don't address, at least, if you don't address, and try to, you know, with God's help, resolve some issues that you have, then you're just going to take those relationship, those uh, issues into the next relationship that you go exactly. into. Exactly. Not even the next relationship, in the next friendship or whatever the case, the case may be. Mm -hmm. So that's why going through the healing process is definitely important. And everybody's healing process is different. The length mm -hmm. of time is different too as well. And so mm -hmm. the more that you, like you said, trust God, the more that you submit to God, then he begins to bring everything that you need. I love that you said that throughout your process of that time frame, when you were a single mom and when you were taking care of Courtney and she was going through her health challenges, that God was bringing everything that you needed Mm -hmm. You know, you weren't out there. Oh, let me try to find a man to, you know, help, you mm -hmm. know, meet this need or pay this bill. You mm -hmm. were relying on God. And at every turn, 
everything that you need, God supplied that. And so I love mm -hmm. that. I'm a testament to that, that in this journey of now being a single, you know, mom, that everything that I need, even if it doesn't happen the day I pray for it, right? You know, God, <laughs> God, you know, I, I know God to be a provider, you know, when you're young, yeah. We hear this stuff in church, especially, you know, I'm a church kid, so we know mm -hmm. how to testify. We know what to say, but it wasn't until I went through certain things in my life that I understand, yes, God is indeed a provider because mm -hmm. it's just me taking mm -hmm. care of two children. So it's God that is providing. God is a mm -hmm. sustainer. When my daughter deals with her health challenges, I know God to be a healer. And so... Mm -hmm. It's a great thing, even when you're going through this space and time that you really realize and you have you don't have a choice but to trust and rely on God. Honestly, right. you, have, you have no trust. You have no choice. So um, this has been so good tonight. So many words of wisdom, you know, about creating healthy boundaries, uh, closing the door and being OK with closing mm -hmm. the door to past relationships, being okay with closing the door to people in your life that may have been connected uh, to a certain time frame in your life. It's okay. If that's uh, where your life is heading and you're following the leading of God and he's directing you and moving you into a different space and time, something that you said to me that was so just such a revelation to me is that you can't hold on to the past and ask God to open up the door to the future at the same time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that. You gotta, you gotta let something go. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like being in a hallway. That's kind of, when you said that to me, that was the vision that God gave me of myself of mm -hmm. being in a hallway and, having one hand on the door behind me and one hand on the door in front of me and you you're going this way like you're not going right. forward and you're not going backward you're in the mm -hmm. middle because you you have to let something go in order to get to where and what god has for you and so mm -hmm. that was definitely encouraging for me and, and helped me to realize okay there are things I'm praying about. There are things I'm asking God to do for me, to do for my daughter. I'm not going to be able to, to receive those things if I don't let go people from my past, if I don't let go certain expectations, you know, because mm -hmm. that's the thing too. I got to yeah, let go certain expectations is. of people in my life. I have to let go certain uh, expectations of people in my past and I have to move on. And once I move on, then I leave room for God to take care of whatever's back there and wherever where he's taking me going forward so mm -hmm. uh as we close i just want to ask you to wrap up with any last minute thoughts no. uh and then we'll be done i had i just had one more thought and that was this is that um the other thing that we have to think of because we were talking about you know, having the children involved and in how things impact the children. We have to keep in mind that we set the example for who our children become. And so with that in mind, where we are and how we're handling things, what impact are we having and what are we teaching them? 
You know, so if I had stayed in that situation, what would I have taught my daughter to stick in a relationship that is not healthy? But because I didn't stay in a, a relationship that was unhealthy, that teaches her that she doesn't have to stay in anything that's not healthy for her, that she'll be able to walk away and know that it's going to be OK, that she's going to make it and that she'll be able to do what is needed and to trust God, you know. And so one day she came home and told me that the kids, you know, were talking about their fathers and asked where was her father. And she said, I. And I said, you got the best father in the world. You got God for a father and he's going to take care of you. And she was content with that. And she was going around telling everybody, God is my father. God is my father. And she, you know, and so, like I said, changing the environment. But you have you are who you want your children to become. So you have to keep that in mind, too, as you navigate through life, because as you're navigating, they're watching you and they're watching these things and they're learning how to deal with life. The things that you tell them and the things that you don't tell them, because the things that you don't tell them as they become adults, they will remember, hey, you know what? I remember when this happened and mommy did this, 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 and this. So keep that in mind too, that you are who you want your children to become. You know, they say they don't want to be you, but they're going to be you. You know, just like we told our parents, we didn't want to be them. And now we are them, you know? Very and true. so, you know, keep that in mind um, too, as you navigate through, you know, your relationships, the people that you hang around and all of that, all of that has an impact on your children because they are watching the things that we, we teach them and the things that we teach them that we're not verbally teaching them, but they're watching how we navigate and deal with life. And those things will have an impact on them later. Thank you so much for listening. Until the next episode, I pray wholeness and healing on your journey.